This episode is brought to you by Bus Vacation Rentals, a premier property management company in Houston and Galveston areas. Bus Vacation Rentals specializes in managing short-term rentals the right way. Give Bus a call today at 281-549-8432 to learn more. Or check out the website at www.buzzvacationrentals.com. Now, back to the Real Estate Ballers Show. You are listening to The Real Estate Ballers Show. I'm your host, V. Lee. This is the show where I interview upcomers, doers, and ballers of the real estate investing world. I want to bring you real-life lessons and takeaways so that you can make smarter decisions about investing in real estate and accelerating your real estate businesses. The purpose is to help you to reach your financial freedom in real estate investing faster. Hey, Adam. Hey, V. How are you doing? I am pretty good. How about you? I could not be better. That's the, that's the spirit. Okay, so uh, today we really want to focus on this burning topic that I've been hearing a lot in these uh, group discussions. I, I don't think the market today is volatile, do you? Oh, what could possibly change? <laughs> what could possibly be changed, huh? Well, that's a loaded question, Adam. <laughs> So we want to share our take on is the real estate market going to crash or are we seeing a crash on the horizon in the real estate market? And are we covering all real estate sectors or do you, is there just a certain market that we want to focus here? Why don't we stick with residential real estate? We got to stick with what we know best. Yes. That's right. Normally when a crash happens, I think it's because there's more supply than demand. Do you have a different take on this? Well, the last time when there was a crash, the big player in this was the banks, right? And the subprime and the subprime lending. So that was a critical piece of everything because people couldn't get credit, couldn't get loans. And when you're buying a large ticket item like a house, you need loans. So if they don't want to play, it changes everything. So that's one part. And then you have supply and demand, and then you have the interest rates. Okay. So this interest rate that is climbing is it's a bit scary. Well, it definitely is going to change things. That's for sure. And the Fed is not being secretive at all about the fact to get ready for it. So I think everybody's bracing for these jumps that are essentially scheduled to come. And I guess we should tell people this is being uh, done. Uh, we're in May of 2022 right now. And so this this has been a burning question. Everybody's been asking me my opinion of the real estate market. And the first thing I tell them all is that I'm horrible at guessing and predicting. And I'm bad at predicting the sports games. And I'm bad at predicting the exact thing that's going to happen with real estate. And so what I usually talk about is if you think something's going to happen, you just have to decide if you're going to be protecting yourself from, from risk or not, or if you think you're going to be taking advantage of a change. And so Right now, if interest rates go up, everybody knows the fundamentals that it's going to adjust mortgage payments and what people can afford. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to shift um, an affordability piece. But it doesn't feel like 07, 08 with the banks being so heavily involved. And then market by market, we have a lot of cases around the country where there's such an incredible imbalance of supply and demand of inventory that it's going to be really difficult for that thing to suddenly go all the way the other direction. 
Yes, I think the key here is still the supply. We have a shortage of supply, home supply, and because of that, I'm not seeing that suddenly we're going to have an abundance of home supply. I agree with you. So let's let's switch gear and talk here about because at the end of the day, for any real estate investor who buys a real estate, is to hopefully make more money through the real estate and not losing any money on the deal. And you lose money if you pay more than than what you will sell it for, right? That that seems like pretty complicated math logic, but yeah, let's just go with that to start. Okay, so if should the market crash, what would you do? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss another show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. So the way I walk through this with everybody is if you're going to buy inventory and your only exit is to flip a house and you can't rent through it because you can't get enough rent to cover a mortgage, then you're in a really difficult position. If you buy inventory that's priced where you can have a backup strategy of converting a, an intended flip into a buy and hold, you can simply then take out a note with a bank, hopefully, and then you can go and ride the wave and have a hopefully a positive cash flowing product for some period of time. So I'm always looking for inventory that's got a protective strategy of being something I can rent through if I think that there's going to be a risk factor. So first, the investor needs to position himself or herself to where they can refinance into a long-term loan. Correct. Instead of the short-term note uh, through, you know, either private money or harmony lender. Right. And that's the key thing. So whether it's a credit requirement or a cash flow requirement or whatnot through a long-term lender, first and foremost, any real estate investor should be able to position themselves so that they can get these loans. Right. So, and sometimes when we ask the question, we're putting ourselves in the shoes of one person in one role, but there's other roles. So we could have investors who have a lot of inventory and they don't need the cash, but they can't sell it. And the person can't find a bank loan and they may end up seller financing it as an example and carrying the note themselves for a while. So that's another thing that you can do. And then the third thing is we're thinking about this from the scenario, I think, where we've bought the property and now we're stuck with the property. But the reality is if the market's going to suddenly tank down, that does create a lot of buy opportunities. And so we forget that sometimes when these markets change face shape, that all of a sudden we have an opportunity that we didn't have before. And so for some people, what they're saying is they're just holding their cash and they're waiting. But you know... The great thing about real estate is it doesn't crash overnight. You know, the stock market could crash overnight, but real estate, it doesn't crash overnight. It, it takes time. That's right. And and so you can always look at those risk indicator, like, you know, days on market, number of actives in your market that you invest in. What, what are some other things that you look for indicators that the market is turning? Well, I think the absorption rate is a huge one. And so for those who aren't familiar with the term, it's essentially how much inventory is available and how many days would it take to go through. So just for illustration, let's say you looked on your MLS in a subdivision and 24 houses sold in the last year. Mm -hmm. Well, that means two sold per month. So if you have six active properties, it's going to take 90 days to get through those six properties. So that's talking about the absorption that that you've gotten. So when the absorption suddenly changes 
or said another way, if the days on market start to change in their length, then that's starting to tell you what's going on. You see why I brought Adam on the show? He's using these smart ter- ter- terminologies, and I'm just doing the random talk. Right. I, I had to go look up all these words on the di- in the dictionary and figure them out just for the show, V. Well, thank you for that, Adam. So the indicators would be absorption rate, date on market. What else are we looking at? Are those the two main indicators? I think they are. I think for, for now, for this discussion, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I agree with you total, on that. Total number of sales mm-hmm. that happen in a period of time. But that goes hand in hand with the absorption rates, right? Correct. The number of sales and number of actives, yeah. So we watch for those, and, and, and you can get these number from your local MLS, um, most likely. Yes. All right. So now let's say in the event, again, go back to what we discussed earlier, in the event that a, a crash actually happened, meaning now there's a bunch of houses, and nobody wants to buy them. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Right. It's actually now a great thing. Now we can buy more at a cheaper price. Right. Or you can take vacation. That's right. And that's exactly what happened in 08. Isn't yeah. that right? That's right. 08, I think 08, what makes that unique is just the, because the banks and the subprime lending was something that caught so many people off guard. And it, it happened fairly quickly. So more times when real estate changes, it doesn't really change that that suddenly. And so I think about it this way. When people are in commercial real estate and they're going to sign a five-year lease for a a building, five years is a pretty long time. Things will always change. But in our world of residential real estate, if you're thinking about somebody who's going to flip a home, that's usually measured in the number of months, not number of years. And so the market usually doesn't go so fast that you're going to be totally out of whack with market conditions versus what you you paid for. You know, and I think something that's also wonderful is that in the past two years, I know I repeated it so many times, but everyone that has owned properties, real estate in the past two years, experienced this tremendous appreciation. So the other option to get cash is also to get refi, to refi out. If we have a problem with a crash in the near future, I don't imagine it would be a situation where the bank stopped lending. So if someone get in a cash situation, to and they need to get through a crash, I would say another way is to refi, get cash from the real estate that they've been sitting on. Well, I think if they're going to go that direction, they should do it now. You always want to have the cash in hand before you need the cash. And that's a good plan as long as the banks know the plan. But if the banks change their position because of a crash, that might be too late. So maybe you take your HELOC and do your refis now, get the cash in hand so that if the bank doesn't want to play later on, you're in a better position. Okay, so bottom line, I don't think a crash is going to happen in the near future, meaning this year. Adam, are you saying yes or no neutral? So I really focus on my local market. And in my local market, I think we're in a comfortable position that we're not going to crash. I don't think we're going to see the same kind of explosive appreciation numbers that we saw in the last 12 months. I think that that's going to cool down because of the interest rates, but we still have that over reaching powerful imbalance of supply and demand with so many more people wanting to buy houses than houses are on the market. And your local market is Raleigh, correct? Right. Raleigh, Durham, the Triangle in North Carolina. Okay. So for me, it's, you know, Houston is super hot and it's still very affordable. I think the only market that I would be on the lookout for 
in Texas or in Houston, where we, we buy in Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Corpus Christi. Everything is great. And the only thing that I'm concerned about, the only market that I would be concerned about is Austin. Interesting. It's just based on how much the real estate has gone up in the past couple of years. And that market has always been a little bit uh, more like the California market than the Texas market. Got it. Okay. So if that happens, then you should make a decision quickly and pivot so that way you can have, you know, you, you can open up yourself to options, right? Right. And that is by owner financing or renting. Right. Well, I think the key things that you said earlier are being, being ready for it ahead of time. So if you can have cash in hand and if you're buying things now, maybe you take a more conservative approach to make sure you have a second exit strategy if you need it. So be ready for when the market turns. So that you are, you can position yourself in a positive profit center place, island, pyramid, somewhere, high rise. <laughs> <laughs> just, just be, I think just be anywhere on vacation, be, and that'll be fine. Yeah, that will be fine. Anywhere on vacation sounds good. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay, V. Good talking with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want more, join our Facebook group, RE Ballers, for further discussions of this episode. Wherever you are listening to your podcast, please subscribe to the Real Estate Ballers so you never miss another show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate a five-star rating, a written review, or if you simply share it with a friend. That would help us too. See you next time.